Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, dear friends. This is Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for carving out some time to be with Bobby and I this morning. Uh, Bobby Walter is my uh, co-host and cohort and uh, co-worker in Brooklyn, uh, where there are almost a million Jewish people, and we're dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus the Messiah with Jewish people. So, welcome, Bobby. Yes, thank you, Mitch. Shalom to you, and shalom and welcome to all of our listeners. Well, we've been having a, a great time over the last week or so uh, talking about Romans one sixteen and talking about uh, what God has been doing through Chosen People Ministries and reaching out through us to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. You know, and so every January, we, we like to reinforce this. January is a natural time to do it. Uh, we think about new things. We think about new life. And uh, we have that new life in Jesus the Messiah. And so I always like to say, begin January with a new life, you know, so if you're listening and you're not yet a believer in Jesus, wow, this is the month to come to faith in Jesus. It will change all of your future beginnings, let me tell you, and last forever. And so we're going to shine a little light now on uh, what it means to bring the gospel to the, to the Jew first. And I will tell you, Bobby, I am extraordinarily excited about what God's doing. Uh, we've been talking about a second-generation movement among younger Israelis, probably between the ages of 20 and 30. And uh, many of their parents came to faith when I did in the Jesus movement and other times, and they began congregations. In fact, uh, in Israel, you now have probably 150, 160 Messianic congregations, Wow, Israeli churches. But when I first went to Israel in 1976, there were about three, you know. <laughs> And, and maybe there were under 100 believers. I knew everybody. Half of them were from Brooklyn and had moved to Israel. And yet now you have real Israelis. They've grown up in the Israeli school system and they fought in the IDF. And they're just an exciting group of young people to be around. And that's one of the reasons we're purchasing a new center in the heart of Ramat Gan, which is one of the largest suburbs so to speak, of Tel Aviv. It's actually right next door to Tel Aviv and has a quarter of a million people. But it's a uh, it's totally, totally unevangelized. I mean, there are no other churches, no other congregations. And that's why we wanted to be there. Paul said, don't build on another man's foundation. So we decided to do that. Yeah. And, and Mitch, if I could just jump in. I remember a few years ago when you and I were in Israel together on a very short trip, yes. but we had a chance to go to our current Ramat Gan Center, which is, you know, kind of tight space and we're renting it. Um, <laughs> but the need was so clear. And I remember walking away from that. There was a special worship concert. The place was packed with all of these young Israelis in their 20s singing praises to Jesus in Hebrew. It was such a powerful moment. God has been doing something there. It's been growing incrementally. And so I'm very excited. And, you know, how can the average Christian have some involvement in what is really a Holy Spirit movement in Israel? I'm going to kick off one idea. And then, Bobby, we'll turn it over to you. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you how Gentiles can more directly be involved, not just in Israel, but all over the globe. Mm. 
in making Jewish evangelism a priority. But let me tell you, we've been talking a little bit lately about prayer. And I, I guess, Bobby, I, I, I appreciate prayer, you know, more as I get a little older, you know, a little less energy. Hmm. And uh, you get a little bit more dependent upon God to do what you know you can't do. And and it's it's actually freeing, really. I wish I would have understood this in my 30s and my 40s better than I understand it now. Hmm. But prayer is really powerful. And when you go to the throne of God and you grab hold of his mercy and his grace through Jesus, our eternal intercessor, and say, Lord, I beg you, help these young people to walk with you, to share the gospel with boldness, to grow in their understanding of the word, to become committed to local congregations, to be generous donors, even though they live in Israel and they don't have maybe some of the same opportunities, but Lord, help them to serve you, help them to be counselors in camps and, and to share the gospel with chosen people ministries around the globe as we go out everywhere from New Zealand to Brazil to Germany, Australia, where we're sending out teams to reach traveling Israelis who are post-army. Lord, give us volunteers from among this growing movement of young people. And so prayer is really, really important. And I, I just want to stress again, if you don't get the Chosen People newsletter, you really got to get it because it will really help you understand your Jewish heritage in Christ. It will give you practical pointers on how to witness the Jewish people, and it will give you current and fresh prayer requests so that you can stand in the gap with us praying for people that just really need our prayers. They're so young and enthusiastic, they don't even know they need our prayers, <laughs> but we know they need our prayers. And so visit us at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And please make sure that you, you sign up for the newsletter and get that and make sure that you pray for this growing movement in Israel among young people who love the Lord Jesus. Bobby, tell me a few other ways uh, how a Gentile believer in Jesus can fulfill Romans 11.11. 11. And, and again, what does that passage say? <laughs> so, Romans 11.11 11 says, <laughs> I, Paul talking about the Jewish people, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous or to provoke them to jealousy. And Mitch, when I think about how Gentile believers, which I'm one, you know, and, and how we can reach the Jewish people and share the gospel with the Jewish people, yeah, there, there are a lot of practical things and steps that we can take, but a lot of times it comes down to a mindset as well, and uh, sort of like a philosophy of ministry. And when I was new in the Lord and being discipled, I had evangelism explained to me in terms of farming rather than sales. So, we're not going out necessarily making a sales pitch, trying to close the deal, you know, get them to say the prayer so they'll wind up in the pews and, and saved, satisfied, and sitting down. Uh, no, it's more like farming. <laughs> that was pretty good, Bob. <laughs> yeah. I've not yeah, heard thank that you. before. That every, every now and then, you know, I'll, I'll come out with a good one. Uh, but uh, it's more like farming. Now, Mitch, I know nothing about farming, right? I, I grew up in Jersey. I live in Brooklyn. Like, uh, this is just what I've read in books, right? Um, but the idea of, of evangelism as farming or ministry as farming is very helpful with Jewish ministry in particular. Um, when a farmer comes to a field 
And the first thing that he has to do is make a commitment to put in the hard work that's necessary to see that barren, lifeless field bear fruit and come to life. So it's the same thing. It's really in line with what we talked about last week with Romans 1.16, making it a priority. And comparing Romans 1.16 with Matthew 6.33, the same use of that word, proton in the Greek, first, right? Seek first the kingdom of God. Well, just like we seek the kingdom of God first, so too we should bring the gospel to the Jewish people first. We should make it a priority. So making the commitment, making it a priority to do what's necessary. And then when the farmer continues to do the work, he comes to the field, and in Israel especially, when you're farming in Israel, there are rocks everywhere. So the first thing that has to happen is you begin to go removing the surface rocks, moving them uh, and placing them on the side. So it's the same thing in evangelism and with Jewish evangelism. There are certain stones and rocks that are covering up a person's heart, uh, making it impossible for them to receive the seed of the gospel that will be used by the Lord to bring life. So these surface stones could be, uh, you know, just your standard objections. Uh, like, I can't believe in Jesus because I'm Jewish. Well, you come to that objection and you do your best with love, with care, with genuine concern to remove that stone and say, well, uh, it's okay. I understand you're Jewish, but Jesus was Jewish and all of his followers were Jewish and many Jewish people have believed in Jesus. So, you, you remove that stone and set it to the side. Now, the next step for the farmer, he'll go and till the soil. And when he tills the soil, the deep-seated stones come to the surface. And these are uh, those deep-seated issues or or objections that, again, are hindering seeds from taking root. So, we do our best. And in Jewish ministry, these deep-seated stones could be very real damage that's been done by Christians or or by uh, the historical record, you know, historic Christian anti-Semitism. It could be a number of things. Uh, It could be uh, personal attacks that a Jewish person has gone through that is hindering them from even considering Jesus as the Messiah. So, we, with love and grace and care and tenderness and commitment, again, do our best to take those deep-seated stones and deal with them, move them to the side, talk through, process through with the Jewish person. But again, do it with great love and great intention. And then, this is, again, a, a very long process. Uh, Another thing I had to learn about Jewish ministry and sharing the gospel with Jewish people, it doesn't always work like, you know, just overnight. It could take 5, 10, 15, 20 years before the soil is ready to receive the seeds. So, I just want to encourage all of our listeners to consider evangelism and ministry in these terms. And it begins, again, with making the commitment and the priority. I would only add one more thing. That was great, Bobby, but just to do everything in sort of in the context of relationships. Yes. And that's why the, the farming illustration is so beautiful. Because if you initiate a relationship and then uh, all these other steps in cultivating the friendship really uh, follow along with what you just said, and it's just perfect. And so if you want to reach Jewish people, then become friends with Jewish people. And the way to make a Jewish friend is to become a friend to a Jewish person. You take the initiative. Reach out to that person. Become their friend. And you'll see that a Jewish person will really open their heart to you. And uh, so thank you for that, Bobby. That was great. Well, Romans 11.11, we're called to make Jewish people jealous. I call that 
the Gentile mandate to, to the Jewish people. <laughs> uh, and it means a lot more when a Gentile with a Jewish Messiah living in his heart or her heart reaches out to a Jewish person and shows them his love sometimes than when a Jewish person does it. So thank you, Bobby, for that. The Bible says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful. And we believe your prayers and faithful support will empower us to reach the Jewish people with the message of Messiah. And to learn more about the important work we're doing at Chosen People Ministries, not only here in the U.S., but around the world, we'd like to invite you to sign up for our newsletter, Inside Israel. You'll receive a monthly letter from our president, Dr. Mitch Glazer, ministry reports from Chosen People Ministries Global Outreach, Bible studies, as well as opportunities to support this timely work. Add your name to the list by going to Chosen People Ministries at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Once again, that's chosenpeople.com slash radio. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to turn our attention to David Schiller. David grew up in a religious Jewish family, and while he was away at college, he met a Christian man whose message about the Messiah repulsed yet attracted him at the same time. And after David's story, we're going to hear from award-winning musician, Christian artist, and lover of the Jewish people, Michael Cart. God, I do not believe that Jesus is your son, but I want to believe what is right. I'm sorry, I don't know why I get so choked up. Mother's side was Orthodox, and my father's side was Reformed. I went to Hebrew school, went to Shabbat school services um, most weeks, bar mitzvah. President of my B'nai B'rith youth group during high school, and then went off to college at Cornell University. I uh, was in a fraternity. There was one guy of the 50 guys of the fraternity was an outspoken, vibrant Christian. I felt that he felt he was better than everybody else. He actually lived his faith, almost like a saint. Uh, I was always curious about what made him tick. And so one day, I secretly followed him on a Sunday morning to his church. And had to be a Bible, and they said we're studying Hebrews. Uh, and I had no idea at the time that it was the name of one of the books in their Bible. This was uh, surprisingly a very Jewish book. I both mocked it, and at the same time, I wanted it. And then I started having this violent reaction or a struggle or, or inner warfare within me uh, 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 about all this. started becoming more violent. I got into uh, drugs. I was selling drugs. It was like a war within me. It's the only way I can describe it. started hating this kid from the fraternity, the Christian. This hatred would come out all of a sudden towards him. It was like two forces um, within me almost as if they were struggling or warring uh, for my soul. At one point, I took a large um, army uh, NATO type of knife and went up behind him and grabbed him by the throat and put the knife up to his throat and threatened to kill him. His, what he had in his life, uh, 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 the, the joy that he had and the genuineness and the vibrancy, uh, uh, and and the uh, godliness, really, he had that I did not have, it made me jealous. 
I just fell down to my knees and I started uh, crying. It was like God's presence was there. And I felt this tremendous release and uh, asked Yeshua to come into my life and to, uh, to make me his uh, and to change me. It wasn't studying the New Testament that brought me to faith. It was, it was just supernaturally God calling me and revealing uh, Jesus to me. And only afterwards I really start studying the scriptures and, and, and putting all the pieces together. Once I committed my life to Yeshua, he started transforming my life. I'm married to my wife Elizabeth, uh, and I, uh, we met uh, at Cornell University and graduated with honors from Stanford Law and was on the Stanford Law Review. Uh, and we have uh, two beautiful daughters. Uh, my younger daughter Naomi made Aliyah uh, and was in the IDF. Uh, it, it really put things uh, in a totally different perspective uh, and, and so changed my life uh, for the better, giving me a new love for other people uh, and, and um, taking away the hatred and the anger that I had within.
closest to his heart. So lift up your sorrows and offer your pain and come make a You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. We're so grateful that you joined us today. And if you'd like to know more about our ministry or how you can share the gospel with your Jewish friends and neighbors, then please visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And when you connect with us today, we'll send you a free copy of Al Mohler's terrific booklet to the Jew first in the 21st century. This booklet is a great resource for you to learn about the foundation and importance of Jewish evangelism, and we want to send it to you free of charge when you call 888-2-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A. That number again, 888-293-7482. Or you can also request a copy of Dr. Moeller's book online when you visit us at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And right now, let's wrap up today's program with the Aaronic Benediction. Yivarechecha Adonai V'yishmarecha 
Yair panavelecha bichuneka. Isa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.